G'day ladies and gents, welcome to Life of Mine, the go-to mining podcast. Oh, Matty Michael here, I've got the bloody man flu. Oh, you'll hear me battling to find the voice excitement in this episode, but if there's anything that could cure the man flu, or even COVID for that matter, it'd be having a yarn to someone from the mighty Manly Seagulls, and it's the Mindset Project man himself, Joel Thompson. Now... You would have most likely seen Joel floating around your social media feeds because Tomo is so much more than just a professional rugby league player for for the greatest team in history, of course. But he started the Mindset Project in 2012, which is Tomo's gig where he does a variety of things such as keynote speaking and he holds workshops and these workshops apply to so much more than just your standard mental health awareness. He's all about developing resilience when you're you're faced with setbacks, tackling your demons, shaping your path and just making people realise that they can achieve anything. And Tomo started working with juvenile detention centres but because his story is just so inspiring about his rough upbringing and just to where he is today he now delivers his story and workshops to schools sporting clubs small businesses corporate organizations you name it now he squeezed in this yarn just before training and i can't thank him enough for it but i just felt that unreal after talking to him he's just amazing and inspiring bloke so make sure you check out his side gig the mindset project at the mindset project .com.au that's themindsetproject.com.au follow him on all your social media platforms and hit him up if you'd like him to speak at your organisations or as he says himself in this interview just hit him up if you need a chat I better not give too much away let's get into it Sweet ass, I've got the fuck. I even put the bloody Seagulls jersey on for yeah. you, mate. <laughs> and the end, I got the cup. Too yeah, easy. good. Oh. How's the uh, how's the family pumped for England? Yeah, no, we're excited, man. The kids and the wife, um, yeah, we're just keen to get over there. Uh, hopefully, the COVID and everything slows down a little bit, but at the moment, we're excited, so yeah. should be good. Yeah. How long are you planning on staying over there for? What are you on a year or? Um, I'm signed for two years, but I'll just see how the body's going and where I'm at with my form. Like, I don't want to be one of those players that go for too long. Um, so, we'll just see how things play out. Yeah, yeah. But how, how bloody, um, how lucky are you that you've got a, you got something to go go to after footy with your with your side hustle? It's bloody, uh, yeah, it, it, what do you reckon? There's a lot of people that wouldn't even have that out of the footy players, eh? Oh, well, yeah, I guess it was different for me. I was probably one of those players that really didn't do much outside of footy, but um, I sort of got given some advice after speaking to a counsellor about, you know, in my spare time, I was just, um, you know, I was just, I was probably, I needed something more. I needed a purpose and I sort of, she suggested I'd go out and share a bit of my story and, and help other kids and it sort of gave me a good purpose and gave me a good balance of football. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So... 
we'll get into. I, I'm going to get me league talk out 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 of the road straight up because I could easily just talk league with you for a bloody hour. I need to know because yeah. I'm a mad Sea Eagles fan. Before we get into your story, Jake Travojevic yeah. is he like the Steve Smith of rugby league? Is he like shadow tackling in the hotel room like an absolute footy bloody fanatic? Is he a bit of a nutter? Yeah, yeah well, Jake is probably um, the most passionate and. Big-hearted players I've, you know, I've played with during my career and known in rugby league. You know, he takes losses pretty tough, and he, he's a really a team-first player. He not, he might not be, you know, produce some of the um, superstar stuff, but he plays, he plays for the team. He puts the team first before you know doing anything selfish. You know, he's a really a, a guy that you build a team around. That's been a pleasure, you know, to play along beside him. Yeah, I know. Oh, mate, we're going to bloody miss you next year. We are going to miss you. It's uh, bloody. I'll say. I saw the LinkedIn post that um, I think it was LinkedIn. Uh, all the boys from all the clubs put the tributes up to you. Um, oh, fair, yeah. farewell, and you. Yeah, that would have been pretty unreal to see that. Yeah, that no, was cool. You know, I've you know I've I've loved my thirteen years in NRL. You know, I've played at some great clubs and obviously some great players over the years, you know, even better blokes, to be honest. You know, not just be good footballers, but good blokes. So, um, yeah, it's been good. So it was nice to have a video from a few of them. So it was good. Yeah, no, it was awesome. No, you said, like, you know, stuff about talking to counsellors and everything and like that. Yeah. It's the go. I suppose it goes against the stereotypical high-flying uh, football player yeah. with the world of his feet when it's young. Why? Take, take us through your yarn, mate. Why why, uh, why were you yeah, seeing a counsellor at a young age? Yeah, well, my story is a little bit uh, different in some ways. It's unique, I guess. Not unique, I guess it's it's common these days. But um, I, I had a pretty tough upbringing, um, very dysfunctional, moved around a lot as a young kid. And I, bit, I witnessed a lot I, I shouldn't have as a kid. Um, I guess that come back to haunt me in a, in a way. Um, I just didn't know how to deal with adversity and, and being a, in a high-pressured position like rugby league you know you got everyone's eyes and judging you and criticizing you and you you know you got to perform on the field or you know you put a lot of pressure on yourself so I just didn't know how to deal with that um at a young age I didn't have the tools and and I guess a lot of the stuff from my childhood come back to haunt me because as a young player you try and prove yourself to be tough on the footy field and you have that you know that mind mindset and it was totally wrong you know I I guess I was brought up around hard men that didn't really speak about their emotions or show, you know, any of that type of vulnerability. So, um, you know, it got to a point in my life where um, I was I was really low, and I spoke I spoke to my wife. Um, I said, you know, things are getting getting darker and, and tougher for me at the moment. She really encouraged me to go and speak to someone, which I was against, but she forced me to do it. You know, she took the day off and picked me up and took me to a counsellor and I guess I started to speak about different things um, that I needed to and uh, with the both of them they said, you know, you should go and, you know, you need to, let's get a bit of a balance in your life, you know, you've got just rugby league and that's it, you know, playing footy and I didn't have anything else outside that and I had a lot of spare time so I said you should go out and give your time to help other kids and help out in the community. So I started volunteering and that's where the journey's been over the last nine years. Yeah, yeah but where is it? Confusing as fuck when you're young and you've like you've essentially reached your bloody pentultimate goal of being a professional rugby league player, getting paid yeah. good coin, doing what you love, but you're still you you having these dark feelings and dark thoughts. You'd be like, "Why, why is this happening to me?" 
Well, just human beings, you know, people forget that sometimes and just think, oh, rugby league players don't feel emotions, don't feel, don't get setbacks, don't have, you know, some type of things happening in their life. You know, money doesn't solve everything, as people speak about a lot. You know, um, money doesn't solve all the different things that are happening on, in life. So um, I guess that was a big part of me. I was earning good money. I was, you know, playing in NRL, everyone's dream. But, you know, I just had, I had feelings and I had things I didn't really speak about that were sort of, you know, I'd go to bed at night and I wouldn't be able to get to sleep till three or four in the morning because I'd be having all these thoughts running through my head like, what am I meant to do with this? I've never, I don't know how to deal with this. How do I stop this? And I'd always try and fight it, you know. I'd like just go to sleep and then I'd fight it and um, stop thinking about this stuff, but it would never go away. Um, so, you know, I just I had to get help in sorting that out and, you know, I was very lucky to do that because um, it could have been easy. It would have been easier for me just to throw away footy and, you know, take, you know, I was drinking and doing the wrong things, and I just, yeah, made that step, and it was the best decision I made in my life. Yeah. Well, like when you look, you, you can go into as much or as little detail as you want with, yeah. with or no, because it's pretty deep stuff. Like, like, take us through what are some of the thoughts when you're going through those periods? Yeah. When you, when you, before you did get help and you're yeah. playing professional yeah. footy, what are those thoughts? Well, I was just questioning a lot, like, why am I here? What am I doing? Like, I just didn't like the world I was living in. And I guess a, a lot of that was a lot of trauma from when I was a kid, like witnessing a lot of violence, like violence that kids should not see, um, the stuff that never leave you. Uh, and just, you know, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the households and environments that I grew up in were, were quite, um, yeah, were quite tough and, and, and violent at times. So, um I was, you know, I thought I'd just, I was normal at that age um, and seeing a lot of those things. But I guess as I turned into an adult and just different things, I guess it come back in a big way. And I was like, what do I do here? What do I do with this? How do I stop this? I want to go to sleep. I'm going to go out and play football tomorrow and I'm getting three hours, four hours sleep. Um, You know, then I'd go out and wouldn't perform well. And, you know, how do I deal with not performing? Well, I'd drink. I'd drink alcohol and I'd, I'd, you know, abuse that and I'd, I was just in a vicious cycle of that for a long time because I just didn't know where to go to for help. So, um, you know, again, I opened up to my wife and she actually forced me. I could honestly say forced me, like would not give up on it. She goes, you are going. I'm not letting you let this go by. You have to go and get help. I don't care yeah. if you feel better tomorrow. I don't care if you're happy tomorrow and you, you, need, you need to go. And, you know, I did that. So, well, so she was right in the midst of it. She's been with you for the – like the yeah, whole journey so, of seeing you destroy yourself after games and, and stuff like that. Oh, was well, she- yeah. Well, I was, I was her partner. She was only my girlfriend, you know, for a month or two. It might have been all together. But she just – she was a caring person and she just – I remember opening up to her at her house and, um, you know, this is over nine years ago now. And um, she was like, I'm going – she didn't stop there. She just put her arm around me and said, I'm going to get you better. I'm going to get help for you. And that's what she did. And, um, you know, if I didn't do that, I don't know what would happen. I was, yeah, I wasn't heading in a good way. Well, I'm not, I'm not religious by any means, but she sounds like a fucking gift from God. That woman, like, like just like yeah. when she's rocked up at that time of your life, and yeah, to get you to where you are now, it's um, fuck you, can't you, lucky yeah. stars, wouldn't you? Yeah, for sure, definitely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, what um, did you find when when you like started, you know? As you said, you're you're in an environment where you probably it, it's not really spoken about much. Well, it is now because there's no. so much so much focus on it. Did you did you find 
you found out a lot more other players and people in the game were going through the same thing once you started talking yeah. about it? Yeah, well, the thing was, like, I didn't really want to tell anyone else about it. I, I didn't have any plans on doing that. Um, but I was doing some work at the Juvie and I was sharing a bit of my story there. And um, I guess over the next couple of years, I continued to do stuff in the community, you know, as much as it was giving my life a good balance. It wasn't just playing footy 80 minutes on the field. It was just doing more. You know, I was getting excited on my days off to go and do, you know, help people. And um, Over that time, the NRL had the NRL State of Mind campaign was around mental health and um, awareness and they they knew my story um, and they thought, oh, would you be keen to do a story, like do a video for us and you and your wife? And I said, oh, I sort of went, no, no. And my wife said, you know, you are making such a good, a big difference. Um, so um, you're making such a big difference. Um, you should go out, you should do it because you're going to help so many. It's going to reach so many people. Um, so I was just like, okay, I was sort of, and then I went around and done it and it sort of went on from there. And over the years, players, staff, you know, fans of rugby league have reached out to me, pulled me up in the street, you know, and, yep. and said they found me for, you know, inspired them to go and get help or talk about it because they didn't know, you know, I sort of gave them that hope and, and sort of, yeah, inspired them to do it. So you realise how important it is, you know. Um, I know I'm going to leave a mark uh, when I leave the world and at least it's a positive one and I've made a difference in some people's lives. Well, it show, and it's, it even shows how much, you've, um, how much of a mark you do leave when you actually become nearly more famous for what you do outside of rugby league than what you've done in rugby league. Like, you're nearly yeah. – that's your um, – yeah, it's been – it's unreal to see. Um, yeah. When, when you're starting out – like when you're starting to get in the league, is is some of that like like as you said the the trauma and and stuff going on in your head is that is that what you can you use it to drive you into footy like like is it is that where a lot of anger and everything can come on the field? I I guess it can in some ways. I, I guess I was brought up to be a in tough sort of situations. I had to fight for things like you know I had older cousins you know for. You know, my stuff, I had to fight for it sometimes so it wasn't taken away from me, you know. So that sort of made me um, a sort of tough individual that way in some ways, which helped in football. But I guess Woody, um, again, when I, I got put away to boarding school around 16 and I just started, you know, enjoying having the routine of rugby league, um, you know, playing footy and, and the mates I made through football and, you know, the support around footy and, um, you know, I really put my time and energy then to performing and playing well on the weekends, and you know, it just gave my life a good, good, um, good balance. You know, yeah, because I like watching you play. Like you, you've got the mongrel in you. Like you, a gr- really yeah. aggressive player. What, 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 what gives you that aggression now? Is it? I don't know. I think I feel like I'm just, just the makeup of me. I've always been aggressive since I was a young kid. Like since I've known when. Like I've always been. Um, aggressive if it was in soccer, if it's in whatever sport, I've got a real competitive edge on me, and I don't want I want to put it over them. They might be more skillful than me, but I want to um, hurt them physically and make them have a bad day mm. in that sort of play. So, you know, I've just always sort of played whatever in that sort of um, mindset. Yeah, yeah. What well, what well, take take us through as I said, because sometimes I'd, I'd imagine sometimes the life of a being a professional 
sportsmen can exacerbate any sort of mental health or dark, yeah. dark things going on. Yeah, take us through the life of a professional rugby league player, like, like before you get on the field and then even, like, is there fears getting on the field? But even just day-to-day, like, is it? Yeah, well, yeah, day-to-day is just like, you know, you come in and everything's around getting you to your best, you know, physical shape and mental shape to perform well for that 80 minutes. Um, so it's about putting in effort in training, executing plays, um, you know, doing video on the opposition, doing weights so you're strong, making sure you're, you're physically ready to go. Um, so everything's around, your week's built around your performance on that 80 minutes. So, um, you know, sometimes you carry niggles. Like this year I've had probably my worst year of having niggling injuries. You know, I've had with my ankle, I sort of carried that for a bit, or a tongue injury, I had um, knee. So I just had one of those years which all players go through. You go through them years. Unfortunately, that was my last year of NRL. Uh, but it's just around everything around the week's just on you getting ready for the for the game. That that tongue injury that was a fucking ripper. That's like that's something yeah. you can show the grandkids. But that was uh, yeah, yeah, good with yeah, the it was good. Yeah, so yeah, split it down the middle and underneath. So, but also it wasn't even that. It was loose teeth. It was sort of a bit of a nightmare uh, for the next you know week or two. And um, but you know it's just a part of footy and just the way it is. But. You know, I had to get that stitched up and I still feel that the way he stitched it, it pulls down a little bit now, which is annoying. I sort of have to have to go and see a plastic surgeon or someone to sort of sort that out because, yeah, it can just be annoying sometimes. Well, what? Because what's it like, like mentally going through, as you said, like niggle, niggle and injuries and this like this will tie into what you do, yeah. what you do with the mindset project. But like what's it like? Especially when you're at the tail end of the career, like what what sort of mental strength do you got to show when you're like, fuck, I just feel like giving up here, getting injured, and no, nah, well, I've never had that in me. I've sort of haven't been someone to sort of um, when it comes to you know my training and my footy. Um, I've sort of you know I've definitely struggled off the field and, and different times when things were quite tough, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm struggling. But footy gave me that drive and gave me something to sort of work at and sort of challenge myself at and sort of have a crack at and now I, I guess I've built a bit of resilience over you know, a period of time of you know adversity comes it's a part of life you me everyone goes through some type of challenge it's it's the type of mindset and you know that mentality like okay it's coming I'm going to come through it I'll come through the other side and I'll, I'll be better for it and that's the way I look at life now so now if it's injuries if it's whatever's happening in life I look at it like hey it should pass I'll come through it. I've got to be strong. I've got to put things in place. Sometimes it's out of your control, but as long as you have that mindset to know that you're going to come through these challenges, you'll be okay and put things, you know, to protect yourself. Have you? How, how long have you been doing the the mindset project for? Your, your, um, the Joel Thompson yeah. creation. Yeah, so that's probably the last few years. Um, and it sort of come up. So I was doing some work at one of the juvies out in Western Sydney and um, – one of the guys gave me some advice. He goes, what are you going to do after footy? He goes, we love you coming along here and the way you talk and the way you interact with the kids. He goes, yep. you should do this after footy. He goes, but I'll give you some advice. You should, you know, come up with something of your, you know, with you and, and, and your own sort of program or something. And I sort of went from that through just a conversation and um, I went, yeah, I might. So I just started, you know, coming up with ideas and, you know, bringing professionals on and, and providing the resources and that evidence-based stuff which you need. You need the academics, you know, the guys that back up what you're talking about. Um, so I've sort of just 
it's been a good balance with football, so I've just sort of put it together over the last three years. Yeah. Did, did you notice any changes in your football, like in a posit- positive way? Like, I've noticed, like, you know, when you put you start working really hard on something and, like, did, did it change your attitude towards football or did it make you play better knowing that you're, um, you're working hard on this side hustle? No, well, the thing is, I haven't really noticed. I've sort of just done it for so long now. It's sort of just been a part of my life, just the, the days off instead of just laying around watching Netflix or watching the TV or whatever it was, I'm, I've got something to go and do and I'll enjoy it. I know I'll leave that and go, oh, you know, I've done something today and it's a good, you know, so I'll sort of, um, you know, with footy, it's sort of, um, with footy, you get a bit of time, you know, you need your days to help you recover, but I needed something else. If it's study or doing the mindset project, it's just giving me a good balance. And I always tell these young guys, you know, just don't have footy, do something outside. You know, it could be, a course, it could be anything, but you know, make sure you don't waste your days off. Um, because when you finish football, it goes pretty quick. People are not going to be there to pat you on the back and you know, help you out. Like you get moved on, and then the next generation, the next players come through. So, um, you need to protect yourself and look after yourself, you know, in doing something outside of footy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, where, where'd you start with it all? Like, like the whole journey, even just getting a, the mindset logo. Like, was it a bit of a husband wife partnership? Did your missus oh, get into it? Like, where did it all start? Yeah, my miss, yeah, my missus helped me. I just thought of, um, I was doing some work with a sports psychologist at the time, and we we're working on the fixed and growth mindset. And I just liked the idea, the mindset. And I was trying, you know, different names. I come up with the mindset project. And, um, you know, I had a, had a bit of a plan and where I wanted to go with it. It's more about, Obviously, I've got the story and I can get people into the room, but I need to obviously provide people with the resources and, and the stuff there that sort of back up what I'm speaking about. And, you know, I need those guys. So I've sort of made some good connections to have those guys that come along and provide that. Um, and then, yeah, it's just obviously just um, like anything in life, you just have a crack at something, whatever you want to do. If there's something like having a podcast or a new business or whatever it is, you just – you know, put a step, take a first step and just have a crack. That's all I've sort of done. Yeah, nice. What sort of traction did you get straight away? Like, did it, did it really, did it take off or you had to work yeah. hard to make the, get the networking happening? Uh, it sort of did take off. Obviously, I had the platform for footy, but I've done a lot of stuff too before this, you know. Uh, for a, a lot of years, we've just helping out with different groups and organisations, made some good connections. So those people always wanted to help out, help me back. But you know, for me, giving them my time. So, um, yeah, it sort of took off. But obviously, I'm a full-time athlete. Like, obviously, that's the number one. That's it. Like, so it's always been something that I've done around football if I've got time. So I've sort of I've had to say no to a lot um, and just keep it at a good balance. I didn't want to do too much, and I've sort of that's what I've done over the years. Did you, did you start? Any periods where you were doing too much, you like shit or like where it even affected uh, your time with footy or you just started stressing out? Nah, I've sort of kept it pretty good. I've kept it, you know, one one workshop or one event a week. I'll try or two max. And so that's not too bad. Yeah, you know, it's a couple of hours, a few hours of your of your days off. So that's not bad. What so take us through a workshop. Like like give us an example, some of the stuff you do. Like like Um, obviously the most powerful thing is getting people into the room. They need to be – they want to want to go to that room. So, every, obviously, um, that's the most important part, making connections through the community. I guess people – I have evidence of 
people see me as being genuine. Like I've done this for a long period of time, so they want to help out. So they try and spread through their networks and get people in there. And um, yeah, so I'll go in there, share my story about that, but also I'll try and bring the professionals or local services providers along saying, all right, guys, let's start this conversation. How can we, um, you know, make some positive steps for, for the community or to the group, whoever I'm working for, and have a, sort of a, a bit of a um, conversation with all of us involved um, and then um, obviously leave them with resource booklets um, with all the information through it um, that they, they can take that home and sort of put in a bit of a program or a bit of a, um, you know, something that they can put in place in their own life. Yeah, nice. So, like you said, you sort of started out your target with like working with juvenile detention centres and stuff like that. But is it as it's obviously broadened over the years you've been doing it, like your actual target yeah. audience? Yeah. Well, obviously, I could connect with everyone. Like, I, as I speak about, I, I've spoken to corporate, so many corporate people, and people want to hear, you know, people's stories, and they just. Um, their stories might be different, but they face some type of challenge in their life as well and they'll connect to some part of my story or even if it's a part about, you know, whatever it is. They, 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 so I sort of just um, – I can sort of just work with any types of groups and, and it started out in juvies because obviously I've got a passion because I've actually currently got two brothers that are locked up in juvenile justice um, at the moment. They're only 16 and – um, I've had a lot of family have gone through that system and I was very lucky with footy that sort of helped me break that cycle. But yeah, um, so I had a passion and uh, my story obviously is identical to a lot of those kids in, in um, juvenile justice. So, um, you know, when I go in there and I've done that work, it sort of straight away I had their eyes and I had their attention, which is quite difficult in those environments for anyone to do. Uh, as you said, it started out with like the young people, but don't, like even just your attitude, as you said, on the footy field with injury and everything, like resilience, that can like corporate people, like that applies in every discipline. Having like resilience and um, like yeah. a- application to your profession, um, yeah. So many right. people That's- get it a shitload out of that. Yeah, and it's you know what the way things going. I guess it's been magnified with social media, and you know more people are connected in some way, and people are putting out so much content. And there's speakers and there's different people out there always you know in their own little niche um market but yeah it's i guess to be resilient it doesn't matter what what you're doing in life or who you are and where you're from or what you're like it's an important you know characteristic to have and um something that you need to go forward and and you know to live a decent life and live a live a a life of purpose and, and have that happiness so um yeah obviously that's something that we always talk about what was it like when you first started um, doing your sort of when you went into the corporate side of things? Was it a bit overwhelming yeah. at the start or like that? did you fall yeah. into it pretty easily? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, it's, it's pretty confronting because um, I don't normally mix with corporate people, you know. Um, as, um, the way I talk, like I'm from the bush, I'm from a remote community and um, my English isn't the best. I slip up with, you know, the way I talk and, Oh, don't worry, I'm the same, brother. Yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, they respect that. Like the people, the corporate world, they do respect it and they always say, we absolutely loved you coming in here and talking. You are so genuine. Yeah, you spoke from the heart. It was just, it's a good change up for what they're used to. So, um, yeah, they're all decent people, but they're just in a different industry than what I am. 
Yeah, well, and, and it's a good way. It's a good uh, awakening, I reckon. Like, like, because as you said, they'd be used to having the suits come in and give them the big professional yeah. spiel. But it just, as you said, it just you, your story just shows you like it's not all bloody roses out there in the world, is it? There, the people, so many people, even professional athletes, have been brought up in um, yeah, s- such different um. Yeah. Well, such different lifestyles that they're probably they're probably yeah. used to. Who, who have you worked with? Uh, some of like you run through some of the corporate corporate people and even just all the organisations you've worked with so far. Oh, or yeah, some of the so high, we'll go the highlights then. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I don't know. I guess um, you know a lawyers group. I really enjoyed the workshop with them. It was Carol's and OD um, lawyers firm. They, they were pretty cool. They were in the city and. Uh, they were really, uh, they um, were really engaged, and they they loved it. They wanted me to come back and actually do all their offices. They were they were really um, open to um, the sort of workshop that I was running, and they enjoyed that. Um, you know, I've had a great connection with Shuron Partners um, Financial Group. They've been awesome. Um, you know, those those two probably are two standout um, corporate groups. That I've sort of I've enjoyed my time with those guys, being associated with those two. Um, and I guess um, different community groups, you know, Cumberland Council, they've been great. Um, um, you know, there's, there's so many different. I couldn't really, I don't want to really single people out, but I guess there's a lot of, I've, I've found good, I've never had a bad experience of anyone I've sort of worked with over the years. Um, they've all been really positive and, um, you know, as much as I've helped them, I've taken a fair bit away from them as well. You know, they're important the way they've been engaged in the way I present. Yeah, awesome. So post footy, like like is it this is gonna be the full time gig. Do you do do you envisage growing this? Uh is it gonna be just you you yourself or do you have you got plans to grow it post footy? Um, yeah, I'm still um yeah, I'm just seeing how things I'm not rushing into anything and making decisions, but I'm just seeing how it goes. Uh I'm gonna continue doing, you know, any speaking engagements if over in the UK and uh, but I also want to look at a different um, pillar or a different part to the mindset project. I want to get back into the mentoring and um, aspect of it, where it all started, I guess, um, and put a focus on doing more one-on-ones and uh, working with groups, disadvantaged groups, and, and trying to help the youth more and, and build that resilience in them. And uh, so I'm, I'm hoping, you know, in the next, you know, uh, this year and next year or so, to, to bring someone on board to start. Um, delivering some of those programs and get those in the schools and, and different groups and um, and just seeing where it goes. Um, and then after footy, um, again, not making any decisions and just seeing how things play out. Um, I'll definitely be involved in helping the community in some way. Um, I just don't know how that looks, if that's through the Mindset Project. I hope so. Um, or with, I'll definitely with NRL in some way as well. I'll be connected with those guys um, and just yeah, see how things go. Because what's it like, like say NRL specifically? Uh, what are they like, like for someone like yourself? If they do they highlight where where they can get people to stay in the game post their career? Like, is, is there a lot of opportunities for players to keep involved in the game? There used to be, not since COVID. Obviously, um, NRL's taken a massive hit, like most businesses across the world. Yeah. Um, so they don't have. They used to have a lot of. 
they just laid off twenty five percent of their staff um, at the NRL. So yeah, um, right, uh, yeah, I guess um, there's not those opportunities that there used to be. Um, there'll be just certain specific roles where where people will have to wear different hats. You know, I mean, different hats mean working different sections of the business. So yeah, um, yeah I just don't know where that will be and what the way is going forward. So when are you when are you trekking off to England? What what's the actual what time frame you're looking? <laughs> I'm um, looking at December at the moment, so um, yeah, I want to get over there and get stuck into um, you know a bit of training and get used to it over there in the cold and and sort of get stuck into it. And I, I, I don't want to just go over there and just you know go through the motions. I want to go there and rip in, and have a good crack, and get the best out of myself. You know, my speed's my speed's still at where it should be. Uh, the body feels good. You know, I've got a busted ankle, but hopefully I can heal all that up and I don't have a year like I did. Um, this year because it was just one of those years where just things were just going wrong. It start, started out with the whole COVID, you know, it just flowed on from that. So, um, yeah, we'll just see how we go. Yeah, God, by the end of the uh, career, it'd be about 200 bucks worth of strapping tape to get you on there, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I never wore strapping tape until the back end, you know, of my career, you know, as you're young. And, but the way you play the game, if you play the game hard, you know, you're going to always pick up stuff and, um, so yeah, the ankle strapping will be another one added um, to the broken arms. So I'll have the broken arm and the um, the ankle now strapped. Those two. So, but it'll be all good for part part of it. Yeah, good luck strapping the tongue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was, that's all I've never figured out. Like that bloody Cameron Smith, um, I'm New South Wales born and bred. I hate talking about him, but uh, how the hell's he bloody made fifty tackles a game for four hundred games and come out with bugger all injuries? The bloke must be bloody something in his bones and blood that no one else has. Yeah, well, he's just one of those who will go down as one of the grace because of that and the way he's played. But, you know, being in hooker as well, he's not running up and getting bashed as much. I guess he's tackling and catching and, um, you know, tackling's not too bad. It's more if you're running and, and getting bashed over certain periods of time, I guess that takes a bit of toll. But <laughs> oh. people are coming out to hurt you and you're running as hard as you can. I guess playing in the hooker, you can get more, you know, um, get more time out and get more games out of that. But he's an absolute freak, ultimate professional. And and as much as people dislike him, he is one of the greats. And I dare say, you know, he'll go down as one of those. Yeah, yeah. So you've talked about, like, you know, you've inspired a lot of players and, and stuff with what you've done. What Who are some of the big influences that have been on your career, like both the, the mental side and the sporting side that you've – that have got you where to, to where you are today? Uh, I, I don't know so much mental side. I guess I had my nana who I sort of um, was a great influence on me. I sort of looked up to her. She's probably my role model. I sort of looked up to her. She never drank or smoked. She worked real hard her whole life. She come through an era where there was a lot of racism. You know, she wasn't allowed in the local pool or when she was she had an injury or, you know, broken bone, she couldn't go to the local hospital. You know, she come through that era and she didn't complain about it. She just worked hard and, and you know, looked after her family. So I looked at her as inspiration and, and strength uh, for her story. And then, you know, on the footy field, I guess I look up to guys that have worked hard and the humble people, you know, like Alan Tung, uh, Ben Cray, um, you know, Jake Taroyevich, you know, these type of footballers, you know, not the loudmouths and the, the guys that work hard and put their team for teammates first and uh, just genuine good fellas. But the thing that um – you know about those guys. It's that that is so impressive. Like I'm 33, and I've like my 20s were 
bloody stupid as like oh, I was just you know on the yeah. piss making a dickhead of myself loud mouthing. But you look at guys like Jake Travojevic and the names you mentioned, like they're they're mature beyond their years. Like you forget the professional rugby league players are all in their twenties, and and when they're like you're at, like when you're twenty and you've got the world at your feet like that, it's um I know what I would have done. It would have been positive. You just look at guys yeah. that have haven't put a foot wrong and so professional it just um highlights the unbelievable people they are to exactly right they're just genuine good people um and you know just as they're, they're people that you need at the club you need in rugby league i feel like they're they leave such a positive influence on everyone else not just you know the players but you know people within the game i reckon the bloody covid borders bloody shits um fucked up your chances of getting over to western australia anytime soon mate unfortunately but like as i said yeah. you've done a bit of work yeah i think you told me before you did a bit of work in the mine and stuff over east what we, mate, we may as well give you a good bloody plug for some future work here what uh uh-huh. Say, like, for instance, if a mining company approached you to come over to Western Australia to come and give one of your workshops, what 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 would you give? Like, what what's on offer if you come to a mine site? How would you Obviously, approach it? I, I, mine would be different because everyone's different. So, if it's a sporting group, if it's a corporate group, if it's a remote community, uh, if it's a mining group, obviously. You speak to the guys that are running the place and what they want out of them, what outcomes they want out of that workshop. Like that's how I get it started. You know, I obviously have that conversation going, how can I tailor this workshop? What resources do you need provided? I'd get in touch with the people that I have um, and go, hey, can you provide me with this? I'll go and deliver this with my story. Yeah. I'll get them to work through that. Um, I'll run it into a sort of class format but i'll sort of you know sit the guys down work together as as a group um work through i'll share a bit of my story have them engaged i want them talking but obviously then work through the booklets and work through the um the resources and um then they can take that away but obviously i have that and have that over a couple or a few hours but obviously break it up too with um some rugby league skills you know to mix it up you know do some games and do some stuff to make it a bit more lighthearted as well at the end because I feel like it's you need that balance with with delivering um so that's how I sort of how I sort of work it out yeah because it's and it's sometimes hard like because you've got such a like a, a massive massive story but like you get like say to or somewhere where they ask you to go up and speak for 15 minutes it's like oh how do I it, is, it, is it difficult to get your message across in such a short period sometimes or you can you can rip yeah, it out yeah it is it is. I, again, you just – I make sure I always plan, plan ahead. Like I just don't go into something not not planning. And I, obviously, I do speak off the cuff. I never write out a speech or anything. But mm. um, if I'm told that I have 15 minutes and they want to focus on, um, I don't know, health and fitness or whatever it is, well, obviously, I'll sort of touch over that as well with my story and cut down that what I need to in that time frame. And, um, again, it's more about having conversations. If it's the people at the mine – the people in charge, what do they need out of this workshop? Why do they want it? And what do they need me? What do they need from me? Um, you know, so I sort of make it work like that and it's always been successful to do that. And Again, I go away and get in touch with my connections, which I've made over those years and saying, hey, can you provide me with this? Um, if you don't have it, can you get me in touch with someone, you know, one of your colleagues at the university or um, that can provide me with some resources and stuff I should focus on? Yeah, nice. Mate, well, it's bloody – 
it's a unreal story and unreal what you're doing and we really appreciate you coming on where so for everyone that's uh everyone that's been listening that wants to get in touch with you like who bloody wouldn't after this like mate where <laughs> where where's all your bloody links to your you know yeah, website yeah. shows where where does everyone head to yeah they can just find me on um obviously social media on facebook and instagram the mindset project um but also obviously i've got a website too so www themindsetproject.com.au. Um, yeah, just reach out. Um, people have reached out, you know, and just not about booking me or getting me to come and deliver, but just to have a conversation and just say, hey, you know, I've always got that. I've enjoyed that over the years as well. Um, you know, just having that connection, they support the page in some way, and, you know, so it's always been good. Yeah, good on you, mate. Because you, you've, you've been off the drink for a while, haven't you? Or yeah, so 11 months and two weeks, or just over two weeks, yeah. Good on you, mate. Good on you. And what, is that a, did you do that to show that you can or did you need to do that or what's a it do with? When- a bit of both, a bit of both. So I had an accident where I um, I was intoxicated and lost my footing and um, hit my head on the side of a rock and sort of had to get flown into um, from Central Coast to Sydney into the hospital and I spent a couple of weeks in um, the brain ward and, uh, obviously, a pretty scary moment. And mm. How close I was to, you know, bleeding out and not being here today. Um, it was a bit of it was a massive wake up call, and I just wanted to say, hey, I want to do twelve months without touching a drop of alcohol, um, which I've nearly done, and and sort of prove myself. So when I do go back to have, if I do go back and have a drink, if I do, uh, I can have a glass of red without having a bottle. I can have one beer without having five. You know, I just want to be in control of that. Yeah, uh, I believe the, the last. 12 months, you know, would have done that for me. Yeah, good on you, mate. Very impressive. Bloody, it was, I spoke to like this drug and alcohol professor earlier in the year and it was, I I went in, thought we're just going to talk about, you know, like problems with methamphetamine and stuff like that, but it just always, everything he said just kept coming back to alcohol. I'm like, and I was like, oh, I thought we'd be talking about this. He's like, alcohol is by far the most dangerous drug in Australian society, like more than the rest of them combined, which is, and it just clicked to me. It's like, because that's our, you know, what the Aussie culture's like. Um, exactly. Cracking that's it. exactly right. Yeah. So, well, I've learned a lot over those last, you know, the last 11 or so months. So, um, yeah, I just want to learn to have a social drink without going to the extreme and, uh, I definitely will be now going forward. Yeah, because and th- that's the thing. Like you'd be approaching that twelve months, but once you go, once you're in the the positive mindset you're in, it's not like you'd be looking forward to the twelve months ending, would you? Because nah. it's irrelevant now. Nah, it is. That's exactly right. So it's more so I can go for dinner with my wife and have a glass of red. Um, you know, or I can have a barbecue and have a couple of beers and call it quits. It's more yeah. just about being in control of of me and I sort of. I've always worked on things that I've had to, and that's another part that I've had to work on. Yeah, nah, it's very impressive, mate. Even I've got to take some of your bloody own advice. It's um, it's yeah, awesome, mate. Nah, thanks so much for coming. I've got to, I better let you get to training and uh, yeah. get, get the bloody body in Nick. And I really appreciate you coming on. It's just yeah. No, so no as I said, anyone that's keen to get Tomo over to for some uh, presentations, go. I'll chuck all the links in the um, yeah. in the notes and everything, and we'll hopefully. Bloody get you. See no you at a WA mine site in the future one day. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks for having me, man, and um, I appreciate it. Nah. Again, just reach out if anyone wants to get in touch with me. Happy to have a chat. Yeah, nah, too easy, man. Awesome. What an absolute legend. Thanks so much, Tom. I can't thank you enough for coming on, mate. 
and all the best with your endeavours over in England, mate. There's always a home at the Sea Eagles for you if you decide to come back early. Please do. Uh, everyone, make sure you check out themindsetproject.com.au. That's themindsetproject.com.au. I'd love to be in the crowd for one of Tomo's workshops or presentations. It'd be, I was very fortunate to be on the end of the line here and listen to it. Um, yeah, absolute legend. Thanks again, mate, and stay safe out there, everyone. And remember, help is only a phone call away. Have a yarn to someone if you need it. See you. Have a good one. <laughs>